Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. It's me. I'm I'm here. Hello. Hi everybody. <laughs> this is June eleventh, episode one hundred and eighteen. What a bright horizon. Because we're going to talk about some of the impact that Modern Horizons has had already on Modern because it released early on Magic Online. Uh, I know I've been playing a little bit with it, and there's actually been a Modern Challenge that will go over a little bit. Uh, and then also, last weekend was SCGCon, and Ian, you you went to SCGCon. It was so much fun. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it more, but the TLDR is very much little on the Magic, very much on the Gathering. Yeah. But I'll go into that more. Anyways, um, and then also I went to an MCQ like a couple weekends ago. I didn't do very well. Womp womp. Yeah. Anyways, I also didn't practice, so really going 2-3 drop and starting 2-0 is honestly an achievement. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. let's jump into kind of the big topic du jour right now as far as competitive magic is concerned, and that is Modern Horizons. Not only is this the limited format of the fourth Mythic, Mythic Championship this year, but Modern is also the, f the constructed format of that same Mythic Championship. So Modern Horizons and Modern are going to be front and center of the magic world during that weekend. So knowing where Modern is developing as that is approaching here in the next couple of months is going to be very important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's already – we've already gotten a couple of the uh, metagame – what's it called? Like modern challenge the modern challenge this past weekend showed us like what we can expect also there's some stuff kind of cropping up actually i think this is the first one where we can really see a lot of the deck list with this kind of really kicking into play with some of the newer cards and it's interesting there's some yeah. old decks that are getting new shots in the arm there's some decks that are just literally coming out of nowhere but mm -hmm. just getting a actually massive retooling yeah, like who would have thought that Bridgevine, the deck built on zero, one, and two drops, and then a four drop you never cast, casts a seven drop. And then keeps going with it <laughs> continuously. Who would have thought? And but the funny part is, is like that's the funny part is that's not even the card that's real the real engine behind that deck, but we'll we'll talk about it after yeah. this we'll one. Go ahead and start off with, with kind of a deck that you're you're very well known for playing, which is Infect, <clears> because scale up was Tom was uh, Tom uh, Ross's exit strategy from Wizards of the Coast. So, funny thing, you should mention that. So, I was at SCG Con. This, I'm actually going to tie in SCG Con here for a brief second. Um, hanging on the hotel and with a bunch of people. Um, a lot of name, a lot of magic names in the SCG community. Also, uh, but mainly, I know who it was, but I'm not going to mention who it was. Um, was actually talking to Tom Ross. Uh, when the first nights I got there on Friday, I got there late because I had to work on Friday. Uh, but he, he was just like, so you 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 were behind scale up, weren't you? And he's like, I, I can't say it. He's like, you were behind it. He's Tom just like, no, I, I can't talk about that at all. And from the look on Tom's face, you can't tell because if you've ever watched Tom Ross, he is the boss because he is stone faced. The dude is just, was just like a wall. He, he has one of the best poker faces in all of magic. That oh, is yeah. True. The dude, but... Even if he wasn't, he was really excited to see people t like talking about the set and everything like that. Um, he even actually replied to one of my things where I was I I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but in my pack, my very first pack that I opened of Modern Horizons had our preview card in it, yeah. and it also had Ren Ren and Six, which was his. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, hey, and you've got my preview card in there too." And I was like, "Hey." Um. So funnily enough, 
this deck is getting a shot in the arm with scale up, but there was a list that just showed up on, uh, we're going to talk, talk a little bit about this cause it's kind of weird, but Bant infect hitting white for Teferi time raveler. Now the Asian Avenger, um, who does a lot of streaming and, uh, I think he was in the invitational. In he was in the invitational. He's done commentary for, um, the fan duels tournaments before cool. uh he's also a regular content or a regular contributor over at mtg goldfish yeah uh right but he posted his list on goldfish and we'll, we'll post a link in the uh, show notes with teferi basically lock making your opponent say you have to interact with me on your turn and otherwise you can't so it's kind of great because you could just slam teferi and your opponent literally you just remove either a blocker they can't you know, they either have to kill it there, so they burn a removal spell or burn a counter spell or whatever, which just lets you get in the next turn or something. But if you can stick to fairy, um, geez, it's a three mana kind of do nothing really. You, you can minus it to return up to one target artifact creature or enchantment card to its owner's hand. You draw a card, or you can plus it one, and you know you may cast sorcery spells that have flash. You're never gonna really looking to plus one him too much because. We're just a bunch of instants anyway. But locking your opponent out of casting instants on your turn is insane. Um, I mean, that's the biggest blow with all combat tricks and limited is I tag with my dude, you go no blocks, I go pump spell, you go kill it. Yeah. Just being able to guarantee the fact that your pump spells are going to land, um, especially if you're using an Ink Moth Nexus through it, mm -hmm. you're like, there's nothing on the board from the touch, which is pretty crazy. That said, I don't know if it's worth splashing white. And hurting yourself through um, Temple Gardens to get through. That said, I'm all for trying it out. Um, Infect didn't make the Modern Challenge even 5 and 2 lists that I could see. So maybe we need to do a little more retooling with the deck. Um, what is nice getting from Modern Horizons, and we didn't put this here, is it gets the blue-green uh, Horizon Land. Yep, uh, Waterlogged Grove. Yeah, we got the Waterlogged Grove, so we can actually... You know, maybe get some card advantage if we start flooding out. But I don't. I think we're only going to ever. I think people are saying we're kind of settling on two, just because mm -hmm. having any more than that is hurting yourself a little more than you would fetch shocking over enough turns where you're actually using your pump spells and stuff like that. So you actually want to use your mana, but it's not worth hurting yourself too much over. As for scale up, um, I haven't really seen where some people have been putting it in the lists. Um, I know this list that uh, Asian Avenger posted on Goldfish has only one ground swell, which is for me the card that I instantly look to to be my first to chop out. Whether or not that's correct or not, I just don't like that you have to jump through a hoop to make it the 4 4. Whereas right. now with scale up, yes, it's a sorcery, but you're getting plus 5 plus 3. So oh, yeah. it's. You're losing one point of toughness off of it, but you're getting more power, which is fine. Um, mm. Maybe you tool around with the numbers of... His list only has two become immense in there. Uh, two distortion strike, two dismember, two spell... Or one dismember, two spell pierce. Every other pump spell is a four of. I could see maybe cutting groundswell, blossoming, and one blossoming defense, going to three of those. Um, you still want to keep mutagenics, just because you can still turn two with mutagenic Might of Volcrosa. And you want four fines. Maybe you can go down to one spell pierce, but that's kind of risking it. Um, also, if I'm looking at this list, you literally just cut the three Teferi. And then you just cut the ground swell, three Teferi, and there you go. There's your four uh, scale-ups. But mm. 
You might even not even want to play all four scale ups. It's something I need to test and check yeah. out. But this is also playing Spell Sky, which is a rarity nowadays. But there has been a massive uptick in the damage based, uh, what's it called? Removal. Removal. Especially, and we can kind of like shift a little bit away from Infect because I, I think it's going to jump up. It's been kind of like tier three these days. I think it might jump it up into tier two territory where yeah. if nobody's expecting it and planning for it, it'll probably take down a tournament or two maybe. I could see yeah. it taking down uh, a classic here and there. Uh, whether it takes an open or a GP, I don't think it's got the tools currently with how degenerate things are getting in the format, but it can, I think, spike a tournament here and there if people aren't expecting it or if they're packing more damage-based and the Infect pilots are ready for it. But one of the things that's really painful for Infect on the other side of the table is Lava Dart. So, <laughs> Lava Dart, y'all, yeah, geez, that card. Yeah, Lava Dart is the uh, single red that was originally printed in Judgment, now back. It is instant, deals one damage to any target, and you can flash it back for sacking a mountain. Uh, it's kind of similar to Dark Blast in that like you can just keep looping around, but Dark Blast has Dredge, which actually helps that deck a little bit more than just sacking the mountain because you can just keep looping Dark Blast and it's really hard to get out from under that card. As I guess the big thing with Lava Dart, because like, A, it's in Burn decks, but also it's in uh, the Phoenix decks because it's one mana for two spells. Yes, yeah. you have to sack a mountain, and that it, that can be a downside for things like Is It Phoenix, where they play a lot of they play you know Spiral Canals, they they can play Shivan Reefs, they play Sulfur Falls or whatever. But um, they don't is, always have mountains. But there is Mono Red Phoenix, yes, which absolutely loves this card mm-hmm. as a way to just get in there. I mean, this lava like Mono Red Phoenix is already playing four four bolts, a bunch of Faithless Looting, some gut shots, lava spikes, lightning mm-hmm. bolts. It's like probably you would shave the fork bolt i think yeah. you drop the fork bolt for the lava dart actually there was a mono red phoenix list in the challenge yeah i have it here by um, big dan the user so it's yeah this but they actually didn't play any lava darts yeah they didn't play any lava darts which is kind of funny um i'm sure let's see did anyone yeah play they it? played uh three sunbaked canyons in the main deck so they took out three of their mountains for the uh horizon land for red white yeah, there's a lot uh, of there's a lot of this other deck we're going to talk about in a second but yeah lava yeah. dart um showing up in burn showing up in phoenix a variety of flavors um there's kind of a i guess you can call it prowess style deck um that run that's like running blister coil weird and monastery yeah. swift spear it's kind of a kiln fiend kiln, kiln fiend style decks yeah, getting a nice little jolt with this card. It's, you know, it's not like a world beater, but it's fun and interesting. Yeah. Um. So, John, what about you? What uh, I've talked about two decks that I, w- I mean, I would honestly probably just jam this right in the Phoenix that I have built. Um. Right. So that's it for me. Oh, also, Fiery Islet is getting in there. Um, I know you're going to talk about this with your deck too, but yeah, it's pretty darn spicy and delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, about you. On- so since Modern Horizons is on Magic Online, I went ahead and acquired a couple of the Modern Horizons cards that I was considering playing. Uh, I actually tweeted out what my initial take on Storm post uh, post Modern Horizons is, and that includes one factor fiction in the main. Just testing it out over Gifts Ungiven. I'm not like thinking that it's better than Gifts Ungiven. They are very different cards. Um, I also added in two Fiery Islets over two uh, Shivan Reefs. Uh, so far, evidence is inconclusive because the one match I played, I played against a deck with Suppression Field, which is a one in a white enchantment that reads activated abilities cost two more to activate unless they're mana abilities, which means 
I would be paying three mana to draw a card, and I just really needed my mana in that matchup. Uh, the other cards that I added is I added a copy of Rebuild to the sideboard, which is two and a blue for an instant. It says return all artifacts to their owner's hands, and it has cycling two. You could theoretically main deck it, this card, if the metagame in your area is particularly artifact heavy. For example, like if there's going to be a lot of whir, or if there's going to be a lot of affinity or hardened scales and the like, uh, Rebuild is very good against them, and you can cycle it to get rid of it. Uh, I was just playing it in the board because uh, I'm playing it over Shenanigans, which is the one on a red sorcery, destroy target artifact, dredge one. Uh, mainly because while Shenanigans means that I will I will always have an artifact removal spell at all times, it costs two mana, and the most effective chalice number for Storm is two. So having a two CMC answer to a chalice of the void isn't the best. So that's why I'm playing a rebuild in my sideboard. Also added in two copies of Flusterstorm just for other storm decks as well as other people who might be considering playing flusterstorm yeah isn't a oh, what's it called uh, hercules recall is what one in the blue right yeah hercules is one in the blue and it's target player uh rebuild costs three mana and it's everybody or, oh so or, it just yeah, gets so you, you can possibly dodge potential uh hexproof style stuff exactly um and speaking of hexproof stuff, so Gifts Ungiven is one of the secret cards that gets shut down by Leyline of Sanctity, which is one of the hardest cards for Storm to beat um, main deck. Now, granted, when I was playing against them, I was still playing one uh, Empty the Warrens main deck, and I had a copy of Repeal, so I was able to, you know, fight through their Leyline of Sanctities. Uh, however, another card that people have been testing in Storm is Aria of Flame. Uh, and I'll go ahead and reread Aria of Flame. It is two and a red for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent gains ten life, which is a lot of life. But whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a verse counter on Aria of Flame. Then it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target player or planeswalker. People are looking at this as a graveyard agnostic win condition in Storm. That's not gifts. That's not Empty the Warrants because people are prepared for Empty the Warrants. They're gonna keep. They're gonna play their cards like Infest or Pyroclasm or the blue white decks, like the control decks. They're still gonna play Supreme Verdict and Wrath of God because and Terminus because they don't want to die to thirty goblins. However, Aria Flame cleanly gets around that because I can play this on turn three, say go, and then if they don't remove it, I can just slowly start accumulating value on it and eventually win the game. Uh, it has the same logic that I used to put Firemind's Research in my Storm sideboard because it's another graveyard agnostic win condition, uh, but Aria Flame kills much faster. Aria Flame kills if you cast eight instant or sorceries, if they, if they lose zero life. So it's very, very fast, but... It also targets players, so it doesn't get around the issue of getting around your opponent having hexproof. That said, if you're main decking it or bringing it in out of the sideboard in order to deal with it, in order to for play one of these opponents to, you know, dodge a rest in peace, you ideally would have also considered doing it because it does say target player and it's not a may. So you'd be doming yourself, which is not what you want to be doing. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to avoid. Yeah. To say the so, least. Aria Flame is very exciting, however, at the same time, it is, it is a little bit of a liability, but enchantments are pretty hard to remove right now in Modern if you're not playing, like, green-black when you have Abrupt Decay and Assassin's Trophy. Um, yeah. Maybe that means Boggles is going to make a resurgence, and then people are going to bring in their, their, their back-to-natures and their other naturalized effects, but... So speaking of back to nature, I, I'm going to touch back on Infect. We're actually playing like Return to Nature in the sideboard now. The one in a green instant from War of the Spark, which is choose one, destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. Ooh. So we've got that spicy tech now sitting in the board for us, which is great because we used to just run straight up three nature's claim. Yeah. And now we're just running 
two or so of these return to natures and other effects of that similar. So even though it's one more mana, it yeah. the 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 in, before we didn't care about the four life that you lose because it's like whatever we're not killing you by your, your life. So yeah, the, now, the flexible card, nature of return to nature, which is is just that much better. But now there was a card that I saw in the preview in the spoiler, and I was like, you know, this card has is costed in just the right way that it could see modern play, and it turns out I was you know somewhat right because magmatic sinkhole is seeing had several cards or decks in the top 32 uh primarily just guy control decks magmatic single is five and a red for a common instant this is deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker but it has delve which means that you can set exile cards from your graveyard to help pay for one generic of its cost so these just actually, control decks which have fetch lands and cheap interaction suddenly have a basically red kill target to fairy kill target x5 and that is a lot of damage for one red mana at instant speed yeah i had a one of those actually in my sealed pool this weekend and Mm -hmm. cards legit it's pretty good Uh, now keep in mind it is delve and for those of you kids who weren't around back when treasure cruise and dig through time were a thing you can't really run four of them in a deck i mean you can but it's It's highly inadvisable yeah Three is like pushing it. Infect would run three, become a mensish because it's a nice big pump spell. But the minute you op- you look at your hand and you've got three of these cards in it, and you're like, "Well, that's three six mana cards," and I'm never going to be able to delve them all out cheap. Yeah, it's just. And I think one is the right number for these just high control decks because the rest of their removal is either Path to Exile, which gets rid of anything, or Lightning Bolt, Lightning Helix, which gets rid of fairly small things. And Magmatic Sinkhole kind of fills the middle ground of a a spell that you don't necessarily want to always, you know. It kills the things you don't want to path. Yeah. Because path is such a high value spell. And I was just, I'm just really pleased that Magmatic Sinkhole is seeing play. So I'm, I'm actually attacking. So we're going to jump around the thing here before mm-hmm. we talk about the big, uh, the big boogeyman. Yeah. The, the, the giant zombie in the corner. You're going to talk about my least favorite, one of my least favorite cards in the entire set. Which one? Oh, that one. The one I just put the in there. Ranger Captain of Eos. Yes, Ranger Captain of Eos. The <laughs> one white, white, three, three that uh, you search your library for a creature card with CMC one or less, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library, and then you can sack it and you basically silence your opponents. Can't cast non creature spells this turn. Uh, it shows up in humans now. Surprise. Um, no surprise there, really. Uh, playing two of those in the main from one of the lists from this modern challenge. But the one I want to point out is Esper Death Shadow. It does get a Death Shadow, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. Um, so Esper Death Shadow, is, this one's running two Jace Vrins Prodigy, three Snap, three Ranger Captain, two Street Wraith, two Gurmag, two of the three three Mana Teferi, um, and another card that we're going to, uh, tying it back into the uh, modern uh, horizons, Unearth. Mm-hmm. Which gets back basically all of those cheaper creatures besides Street Wraith Gurmag Angler, which uh, rebuying a JVP or rebuying a Snapcaster Mage or even getting back Ranger Captain after you've sacked it, pretty hilarious. Yeah, Unearth is a card that is very, very powerful. However, its impact is almost as small as you can make it without making it wildly unplayable. I know that Todd Anderson tested a Grixis deck on the Star City Games Versus series. 
with Unearth doing things like unearthing Death Shadows, Snapcaster Mages, seasoned Pyromancers in his case. So it is like Unearth in and of itself is a very, very powerful card. And being able to buy back something like Ranger Captain can just like casting Unearth, getting a Ranger Captain back, finding a Death Shadow, casting a Death Shadow, then holding up Stubborn Denial. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so, but. People were actually, I've seen people talk about that as opposed to Grixis, like, hey, Esper, Esper Death Shadow might actually have some legs to it, but the numbers aren't quite there yet. Obviously, it's the first kind of tournament of its type with it, so mm-hmm. they're ironing out the wrinkles and all that other kind of stuff. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's something I'm keeping an eye on because, heck, Death Shadow looks pretty sweet. Um, it also is running the Silent Clearing, which is the black-white Horizon Land mm-hmm. in there. Uh, to just get that one of kind of card draw after if you need before, to. And then quickly before we move on, because you mentioned him, the 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 small Teferi, Teferi Time Raveler, you know, should the, should this like play it has reached has reached Storm. Should Storm play Teferi Time Raveler? The answer is no. You're talking about Jeskai? Yeah. Huh. See the thing is is that a lot of the, a lot of these people are like, hey, should we play this three mana Teferi? It's usually splashing into white, and a lot of times it's like no, you're diluting what your deck wants to do. For instance, I have splashed into white for a sideboard card wear and tear. That's the most I've done. Yeah, but you're not intentionally trying to go grab that white all the time. Like that's like also if true. you're if you're if you're if it's in your sideboard, you're just sitting there shocking that you're shocking yourself for everything else but the white or your hallowed fountain. Yeah, and the deck only played one hallowed fountain at the time, anyways. But it also had fetch lands. I don't have fetches now. Way harder to find white mana. Oh but right, I digress. Yeah, the, the and the Bant and Feckless was had two temple garden that was it in terms of white mana so it's like and mm. eh, maybe yeah you can run temple garden but i don't know i just think that for certain decks like storm and infect you're getting like you get cheeky once you stra- straddle into that third color yeah your main game plan is already pretty consistent why do you want to make it less consistent and open yourself up to free wins against free wins to burn but it burn but it is kind of fun though and interesting to see where um I, th- I think the impact of these Planeswalkers is a little overdone, but at the same time, I haven't played enough Modern recently to really um, say that with absolute certainty. Because, yeah. yes, there are the people who are doing the whole, you know, doing like Narset shenanigans and whatnot, but we'll see. Yeah, so keeping on the blue theme, decks are also playing this 3-mana Teferi, and that should be playing this 3-mana Teferi are the blue-white control decks. Uh, granted, I mean, they're not playing. They're not playing a whole bunch of them. They're only playing like one or two of them. But they're using a concert with Narset to lock people out of the game. But the one that they're actually using right now is that Force of Negation. Again, not a four of. Even John and I were calling this like everyone's and their mother was calling that this is not going to be a four of snap include in every deck. But when you can run two or three of these in your deck and basically just have a free way to say nope to any kind of non-creature spell your opponent's going, that might break the game. It's just a solid card to have and a really nice small effect. Because if this was like Force of Will, my God, it'd be four of in every blue deck. I mean, yeah. And to be fair, a blue-white control deck won the Modern Challenge on the ninth, and its main deck had two Force of Negations in it. The, you know, the card is very, very good at what it does. It's mitigating shenanigans. But it does... It's not... For, it, no, Force of Will, it ain't. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking briefly over... The Seldrazi Tron list. And I see... There's nothing new Nothing in new. Nothing not new. A, not a dang thing new. So, yeah. Uh, Eldrazi Tron, doing good. Humans... Now, the big thing... The big the big takeaway from this modern challenge... Oh, even Neo... Yeah, even Neo... Uh, what's it well, called? Well, Neoform, Neoform was the Neoform, I'm saying the Neoform the, combo did put one in the top eight, so... 
Uh, but of the 32 deck lists that we saw, yeah. 16 were Bridgevine decks. Bridgevine, again, being the deck that favors zero mana, one mana, two mana, two mana creatures, and also a three mana enchantment that does nothing if it's in the battlefield, and a four mana creature that you never want to cast. Right. But instead, it's looking Suddenly, at a seven mana art- avatar. Yeah, now it's playing a seven mana creature that it casts and a two mana artifact an altar of dementia that's a reprint and then a card that i was i've been thinking was probably going to be fine in modern for the longest time which is carrion feeder black for a one one zombie that reads sacrifice a creature this creature put a plus plus counter on carrion feeder also carrion feeder can't block so as it turns out hogak um plus altar of dementia plus carrion feeder plus all these you know bridges from below and everything suddenly is just one of the best things you can be doing because you could put 23 power in play on turn two. Yeah. And Hogak can just loop itself with Altar of Dementia. Mm-hmm. If you just if you keep doing it right, you can just start looping it. And it's really gross and disgusting. Um, yeah, I just... Everyone's looking at Hogak as being the broken thing. But everyone's point and, also... And no one really called it. No one called no one called the seven mana delve convoke card so, that you can't spend mana to cast being the most broken card in the set. Well, to be fair, it was also like really kind of just like it kind of flew under everyone's radar during preview season because mm-hmm. it was leaked in the middle of the night the day mm-hmm. before Mark Rosewater previewed it. And when it mm-hmm. was previewed, the people were like, hey, I've got this cool card. It's got really cool abilities on it. And everyone's just like, yeah, it's Hogak. He's like, wow, that was quick. And everyone's just, or I was like, oh, it's Convoke and Delve. And he's like, that was quick. And it's like, Mark, we, we, we knew about it, buddy. We, we, it's okay. We let, saw. Let, let, them pl- let them play with as though you didn't know. Oh, no. Yeah, um, no. It's, but it's still just like, come on. Come on, guys. They, 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 now, literally, a minute, literally a minute after, like, yeah, here's the two things you guys did on it. But um, other people are also saying, though, that Altar of Dementia and Carrion Feeder are also some really, really, really big shots in the arm to this deck. Yeah. Because uh, having... you could just like sack Hogak to yeah Hogak target yourself or sack Hogak to alter target yourself mill a bunch blah 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 yeah mill a bunch um, and if you have bridge from the blow in your yard you get multiple bridge token you know multiple bridge uh, mm-hmm. triggers which then can you can then tap and use recast, recast and it and then just, when you yeah. then you sack it to the altar again then when you sack it to the altar again you get more zombies then you can use those to tap it's just and then the same old song and dance yeah it's. It creates some really interesting weird loops and people are like complaining that it's basically either half Hogak, Bridgevine, or control decks designed to beat it right now and leagues and I'm like, I'm I don't have time to mess with that league thing. I do wanna I do wanna play some Infect though. I wanna yeah. I wanna get the updates in there for Infect, just run it through a couple leagues. See yeah. how it feels. Now my next event isn't until SCG Philly, which is like the middle of next month. So I have until Ooh. middle of July. I was gonna, well, I was going to go to SCG Pittsburgh, but I kind of need to just relax after the next two weeks, which is uh, GP DC or Magic mm-hmm. Fest DC, which is out in like Lorton, Dulles Airport area, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those like, hey, yeah. it's in the city name, but it's in quote unquote in the city. Uh, that's Modern Horizons Limited, and then uh-huh. GP or Magic Fest Seattle the next weekend, which is also modern horizons limited so i have no constructed until the middle of next month which is plenty of time i don't have to worry about it too too much um but yeah it's now modern horizons is definitely looking like a set that is interesting for modern but john you have some vintage stuff here too 
So I have it on good authority, aka someone who is watching Rich Shea stream, that what <laughs> this is kind of crazy. Hogak enables vintage dredge. Are you listening, Aaron? Vintage dredge to suddenly go manaless. Now we've had manaless dredge before, but like this not is in like- vintage. It's it's normally a legacy deck, and then there are a couple of things that kind of put a miniature death knell in it and made it better and worse and whatnot. Yeah. However. The reason why is is because of one the green force force of I believe it's force of vigor, which is the pitch a green card if it's not your turn destroy two artifacts, and unmask and Hogak can also be pitched to unmask, which is a two and a black thought seize, but you can exile a black card from your hand to cast it otherwise. So as it turns out, <laughs> Hogak does some really crazy things in that format. Hey, look, here's the thing. I know that they were toying with delve cards again, but man. Look, if the most busted delve card in this set is a 7-mana 8-8 trample that's a legend. Then you can't cast you mana. To, you can't spend mana to cast on. I think we're okay for the most part because it's really only one deck, whereas everyone was playing, you know, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying it's one of those things where, like, they absolutely were just like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna put delve on a card, we're gonna make you jump through some damn hoops to do so. Yeah. Also, I'm quickly scrolling through the legacy challenge that was on the tenth for any Modern Horizons cards. Not many. Uh, Yogmoth made the top thirty-two. Oh, really? Uh, there were yeah, there were a couple. He was, he was in Maverick. There were a couple right. of the Horizon lands, and then the lands decks. There's a couple of couple of Ren and Six. Actually, this is a Ren and Six in a uh, Teamer Delver, which is kind of hilarious. Hey, hey, can I just say something uh, it, real quick, though? Yeah. So at SCG Con, they had a couple little side events. One of them was a, a play for power, where the top prize was a, I want to say, Mock Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Guess which deck won? Uh, Burn. Infect, baby. Ooh, Monogreen Le- Infect, eh? No, no, Legacy Infect. Oh, Legacy Infect. Playing three mana to fairy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many people who are playing Three Mana Teferi that really should. Dude, Three Mana Teferi and Legacy Infect. Oh my god. They're playing a Singleton Savannah. That's it. That's their only white source, aside from Noble Hierarch. Wow. Wow. But let's see here. Also, by the way, I'm scrolling through the Popper Challenge real quick Uh uh, for new cards. Um, There's the one mana, one one in blue that's a flyer that when enters battlefield, scry two. Uh, Arkham's Astrolabe in uh, the Core Sky Fisher decks. Oh yeah, is popping up. Actually, um, so speaking uh, of that, Ast- then, Arkham's Astrolabe. Uh, what's his name? Oh God, Alex Ullman so, said that Alex Ullman said that that Arkham's Astrolabe is probably one of the better cards sneakily for Pauper in general from the yeah. set that people weren't didn't have their eyes on initially. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep an eye on if you are into that lovely sort of thing. All I'm looking yeah. is at these and, lists, and I'm hoping I see Wooberg, and I'm like, is that Tron? That's not quite Tron, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of Astrolabes in the in the Popper Challenge, among other cards. Um, I think the one that was interesting to me is that there's the mono black deck playing Defile, hmm. which is the black instant target creature gets minus one minus one for each swamp you control. Huh. Yeah, it's it's Cards be- card is card is very powerful for a common. Oh yeah, there's. We'll see how it goes from here. But yeah, there's definitely some interesting stuff going on with white. Yeah. 
and other like I, I want to see it. I think we need more time for stuff like Popper to really. Come I think in. Modern Horizons just needs more time to settle. I think it needs some paper events beyond just the Magic Online events. Yeah, and I think consensus needs to kind of form around it because right now people are playing the most busted thing, which is Hogak. He's definitely the flavor of the week right now. Modern, and we'll modern, see. Yeah, modern usually likes to settle in after a while. Like it'll spike and then settle. Hope, yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's true for like everyone wants to play with the new cards, you know. Yeah, play with the new stuff, have some fun. Yeah, hopefully it does settle a little in. Bit. Yeah, hopefully it settles into a nice place. Um, I would really, really hate to see something get banned out before the, one of these bigger events. So we'll see. Uh, yep. All right, real quick because I know Ian, you're going to rant a little bit about SCG Con. I'll quickly recap my MCQ. Uh, I played the MCQ was out in Knoxville, so that was a that was a drive that I had to make at really early in the morning. Uh, took mono red aggro, basically took one of the SCG top eight lists and just copy pasted it and ran on by. Left my Beaumont careers at home, which made me sad, but you know they've been rotated for a while now. Uh, round one, I played against mono blue uh, mono blue flyers, the autumn burchette deck. And uh, game one, I mulligan to six, and my pulling my opponent mulligan to five. Oof! And they won. They managed to managed to beat me there. But then uh, post board games, I managed to managed to get there, set up some turns where I was able to to apply lethal. Next round, I played against Naya Midrange, uh, who turns out that Lyra Dawnbringer is a very good card against Mono Red, but only if it gets to block. And his, their Lyra is never blocked. Round three in the two-up bracket, I played against Is It Phoenix. It wasn't close to being close. Uh, then I played the the Mirror twice. Neither of those were close either. Turns out, Chandra Fire Artisan, it's almost impossible to kill if you're mono red because you hit it and she hits you and then you're dead. <laughs> Stop hitting that your... matchup is really that matchup is really just the person who ultimates Chandra first. Stop hitting because ultimate Chandra deal seven to you, flip over a bunch of cards, hopefully find nine mana of damage and just go kill you. Blah. Got him. Yep, it was awkward, but once I hit my third loss, because it was eight rounds, I'm like, I'm not going to play to try to get my money back. I'm just going to go ahead and go home, which I did, and that was definitely the right decision. Yeah, uh, it, it stinks, like you're mentioning, it's kind of going 2-0 into 0-3 is, you know. And this is not the first time that I've done this. I've done gone 2-0, like OX, at least three times at once at an RPTQ and twice at other PPTQs that I can recall within the past year. And it's just so annoying to be like 2-0, feeling great, round three comes around, lose. All right, I can still salvage. Okay, and X2 will make time. Oh, never mind, I'm going home. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, something where maybe more practice, maybe more time. But again, you're coming off of all the medical stuff, plus... like That was the first competitive REL event I had played since... Before Guilds of Ravnica, I want to say. Like, it's been a while since I played competitive. It's like last a, a comp REL match. At the very least, yeah. yeah. So, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, need, you know where you need to go if you want to start trying to, you know, hit through those events again. So I actually got an email for another MCQ by the same TO in August, but some dude's getting married that weekend, so I won't be able to go. Oops, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry. You spent the weekend at SCG Con up in Roanoke, Virginia, which is what a three-hour drive from you. So it's down for me. It's down, but for you, it's up. Uh, it, it was about a three and a half hour drive. Okay, um, so I had, I had, it so started, what, like it started technically on fifty miles. Oh God, I think so. Two hundred thirty something. I don't know. And, anyway, anywho, um, yeah. So I had to work on Friday. Um, SCG Con went. I think from like people got the beginning on Thursday, so they're Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
Uh, I was on there Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had brought a lot of my decks and was thinking, yeah, I'm going to maybe play some Pauper, uh, do one of the Pauper little four-round challenges they had. I just decided against that and went for the afternoon Modern Horizons pre-release on Saturday, mm-hmm. where, let's see, let me grab my rares here. So I opened uh, the... I don't remember what it is because I don't have it on me because I gave it away, but it was the land that gets the enchantments back. Uh, the Theros, mm-hmm. the whatever the Theros one was. Oh, the, the land? Yeah, the land. that you can Hall ta- of Heliod's Generosity? That's the one. Yeah, I'm terrible with card names. I know what they do. I'm just terrible with the names. Um, I got an Eladomri's Call. Uh, I got a Dead of Winter, which is... So Eladomri's Call, by the way, is the green and a white instant. Search your library for creature card. Put Reveal it. Put in your hand. Shuffle your library. Mm-hmm. Dead of Winter, two and a black sorcery. All non-snow creatures get minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of snow permits you control. Very not good in sealed. Um, yeah, I will tell that's you a, that's a hard one to enable. I'll tell you why in a second. Why that's not super great. Uh, I actually pulled the red or the blue. Oh god, not red. I'm looking at the red blue one. I pulled the green black uh, Horizon Land. And then traded it. Nurturing Peatland. Yeah, someone I mentioned, like, yeah, I'll probably get the blue red one and put him with some Highlander upgrades with somebody that after that, later that night. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got the blue red one. I can grab from my room and give it to you. And I'm like, no, I need to give you something in return. So we just traded the the red blue for the. I have the Fiery Islet now. Um, Yeah. We traded for it and I think one other, like, uncommon or something that they wanted. Right. I had Winds of Abandon. Which is the one in a white sorcery that's basically uh, path to exile, but mm-hmm. with overload for white white. I'll tell you about that one in a second. That was I had some fun times with that card. I also opened a Ren and Six, like I mentioned earlier. That's the green and a red uh, planeswalker with three loyalty and plus one to return one target land card from graveyard to your hand, or minus one it to deal one damage to any target, or minus seven to get an emblem that says instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. Mm-hmm. Um. I played that in my deck. I originally started off with a Jund deck and decided that my white was a little more interesting and fun because I had that. Uh, I could play Eladomri's Call. I could play Winds of Abandon. I could play the mm-hmm. Enchantment Land because I had two of our um, what's it? Preview card. Two of our preview card. I had two Soul Strike Technique, which is the one in a white Enchantment Aura. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one has Vigilance, and when it dies, you manifest the top card. Yep. And I had a reprobation, which is the one in a white uh, enchant aura that makes a cre- creature into a O one one coward. So yep. being able to reprobate something and then, then being like, okay, fine, I just sack this away. Reprobation goes in the yard. Be like, put reprobation on top of my library. Next turn, draw it. Play it on your other threat that you just played. It was kind of fun Oopsies. and nice to be like, yeah, you're not getting the best creature on the battlefield ever unless you can kill this land of mine, which they couldn't. Because you know, limited. But I also landed up with a foil fallen shinobi, which is the three black, three blue and a black, five four zombie ninja. Yep. So I got four one of those, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, my 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 Naya deck ended up having a good. I had good fortune unicorns, so like I could really you know start chunking a lot of counters on things. I had two goblin war party that I actually got to All cast right. with entwine to win one time. That was fun. So that's, that's definitely a card that if you entwine it, you should win the game. Yeah, that was one where they tapped out. And I was just like, I had like two or three creatures I blocked and they, they made an attack and because they're like, okay, I'm not going to die to the backswing because they were like 15 life or something like that. So I was just like, uh, Goblin War Party entwined, I win. 
And like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I got him. Uh, the black was mostly just value stuff. Oh, uh, the the Harrow Druid or Spring Bloom Spring Bloom Druid, the two and a green one one. Then when it enters the battlefield, you may sack a land. If you do, you search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield tapped, and shuffle your library. Oh my god, that card is amazing. I mean, Harrow is a very powerful card. Yeah, it Spring Bloom Druid did work for me. Um, funnily enough, I actually accidentally hosed myself out of a turn where I was would have been able to curve out perfectly into a after Spring Bloom Druid, it would have been a double red into a double green into a double white spell. Ooh. Um, because I accidentally sacked the wrong thing. Well, I should have sacked one of my forests and grabbed forest and this other color because I had a forest in hand. I sacked. I sacked wrong and fetched wrong, so I was only had one of the uh, planes. So, Crows and Tusker, it was okay. Um, I know the guys on the formerly the game podcast, now Arena Deckless podcast, were saying it did not do great. It was they weren't liking it, and I or no, was it the Game House? Lords of Limited, Lords of Limited were talking about it. How it just hasn't. It's dropped a lot on their uh, their list in favor instead of Spring Bloom Druid. So, look at that. Excavating Anurid was kind of fun. Sack a land. It does draw a card with Threshold. I've, I've sacked him to get Threshold. Sacked the land to get Threshold. Drew a card. The card was Renin 6. Play Renin 6. Plus it. Get that land right back. It was kind of fun. And like I said, Magmatic Sinkhole was great. Um, Alpine Guide is a fun little card for fixing your stuff. That's the 3-3 uh, three, three for 3. Then when it enters the battlefield, you grab a mountain. And it, it attacks each turn. When it dies, it sacrifices a mountain. But... Using other stuff in the deck, I was able to ramp my lands up. And I had a regular cohort as well. Uh, I went 0-2 drop. Um, through really no fault, I think, in my deck. Um, the Jund deck went 1-2. One and, one, one and two, and the Naya deck went 1-2. Uh, mainly due to game 3. We went to like turns. We were going to go to turns on game 3. My first opponent with the Jund deck. And I had a wonky 5. I mulled a 5 and then flooded out while my opponent literally just killed me on turn three of turns even though we started with only like four minutes left in the round so he had a very aggro he's like yeah this looks aggro i'll keep it and i was like uh five sure whatever and just ran me over and the other time yep. uh it just went a little long and i couldn't really do anything about it uh but no i actually so we mentioned winds of abandon overloading it now you don't want to overload it if you're not going to win the game and my opponent attacked i had the uh the aneurid and my opponent had attacked and also had just done a bunch of things to make like six tokens on that turn. So they had maybe, I think it was nine creatures on the battlefield and enough to block to basically be like, if I attacked, I would probably die on the backswing. I was just like, uh, I drew my top card. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, Winds of Abandoned Overload, Swing Lethal. And they were like, hold on, what does that do? And I'm like, you're going to exile your whole board. Don't even bother fetching your lands. I have Lethal. And they're like, oh. I'm like, yeah. Got him. Yeah. Um, the uh, if you can go into the green white creature fall deck, definitely, definitely try and get one of those uh, good fortune unicorns. Because oh my god, I jammed that thing on three and was able to, and my opponent just wasn't able to touch it and kill it. And I think I got like six plus one plus one counters that game over the course of like, I cast a goblin war party into it too, which was awesome. So one of the secrets, secret texts I saw is that there's an infinite combo with Good Fortune, Unicorn, Altar of Dementia, and then Lesser Manticore. 
because Lesser Manticore has Persist, and uh, Good Fortune Unicorn says whenever a creature comes into play under your, under your control, you put a plus a plus encounter on it, so you just infinitely mill them. <laughs> yeah, I actually... In limited. In limited. Yeah, no, I was about to say, that sounds familiar, and like, oh wait, no, that was a Commander game I played this weekend. <laughs> no, like, seriously, I, I was... So I was waiting by, um... So the, the yeah, so I was waiting by one of the uh, the panels for the uh, the cosplayers and another friend of mine, Gabby, not Gabby Sparks, uh, Gabby. She also does cosplay. Uh, I know her from the DC area. She uh, and I were like, hey, let's go play single game of Commander. We sat down. Some guys like, oh, you're playing Commander? Might as well we sit down. Uh, I had to. This was right before my Modern Horizons. I'm like, yeah, I got like this. Then you guys know I've got about 35, 40 minutes before I got to go to my pre-release. And I'm like, yeah, fine. We'll just play. I'm like, I'm scooping at like. 315 regardless and like okay it's fine i died at 317 <laughs> but literally it was just one of those cases where um oh god what was my opponent on oh god um one of the dragons that when you attack everybody sacks something they victus as Mahdi. you there yeah yeah oh no I, I hadn't touched my computer so i started doing the freeze thing <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, Vivictus is Mahdi. That's what they were on. And um, Vivictus, they were able to establish Micaeus. Or they, they got a Protean Hulk out and then were able to Vivictus as Mahdi, sack the Protean Hulk, get Micaeus the Unhallowed. Yeah. Get back Protean Hulk again from the graveyard. And then were able to get out Woodfall Primus. Oh, no, that's not fun. Yeah, and then they're like literally... Oh, and they had like altered dimension out there too, which was the funny part about it. So they were just able yeah, to be so like, yeah. So they mill everybody, they destroy all your non-creature permanents, and then you're set. Yeah, and they're like, he's like, yeah, I can just literally just blow up everyone's everything, and I'm like, cool, sweet, three seventeen, scoop. See you guys later. And it felt bad because it was only like turn six of the game. Like he he was able to ramp out Vavictus on like turn five or four, and it was just we're just like, this is bad. <laughs> it's usually bad when the commander gets to attack twice, anyway. So. Yeah, and we hadn't even really established stuff, and I felt bad because Gabby and I were going to be like, hey, let's just play, go play a fun little one-on-one game of Commander for the next, like, 40 minutes before I got to go, and it just turned into, it's like, oh. it, it always kind of, it's things when it's like you and a friend, you're going to play, and then somebody else like, hey, I don't, you guys mind if I join in? And then you just go, Wah, ranch you. But, uh, so SCG yeah. Con, um, I didn't really, like say, that was basically all the magic I played, honestly, what I just talked about, the two games of uh, Modern Horizons and that Commander game. And I am perfectly okay with that because let me tell you what the magic cosplayer contingent that they had at SCG con invited uh, are a bunch of absolutely incredible, amazing people. And let me, the let me pull women the, and men. they're just some great, great, great people. Um, so it was, uh, Tarmacat, uh, Olivia Gower Hicks, uh, Ashlyn Rose, uh, Vanessa Lee cosplay, Nissa cosplay, Nadine, and uh, Tappy Toeclaws, Sid. Um, and there was a couple other people who did it. I know Sid's partner was there, and she played uh, and a re- had a really great Kaya and stuff like that. And also Ashley, who did had her Vivian Rose there, uh, hung out with them basically all weekend. Um, mainly just Olivia was like, yo, Ian, you're going to be down for scg con yo you can hang out with me i'm like sweet hung out with them all weekend uh got to hang out with bdm a little bit uh jerry t it was really fun uh, to get to actually meet and chat about chat with a little bit uh really just everybody introduced themselves to me over the weekend too uh had just an utter blast 
even just hanging out and not even playing magic, which is kind of weird and fun, but it was, yeah, it's, I definitely find that with my short amount of time that I have to do stuff these days, uh, I don't have enough time to really jam a whole bunch of competitive magic or stream much lately. Again, I apologize to all you people who enjoyed my streams. Um, just trying to get through some life stuff first. You no, know, wedding is not easy. Um, but yeah, Olivia brought my wedding ring down, which is great. Uh, worked with her to get that, which was, the ring looks amazing. But yeah, just staying up till like 2 a.m., just hanging out, just some ridiculous stuff. Seriously, just go look up the SCG hashtag, SCG con hashtag on Twitter. And anything that has to do with the cosplayers, there was some really goofy stuff. Um, got to go. Listen, to- it's not every day you get to break up the pizza plex. Oh my God, the pizza plex. So the pizza plex, <laughs> I got there on Friday night. And I walked in the hotel and I'm like, all right, where the heck is everybody? And then all of a sudden I hear if so you, those of you who watched the, uh, the loading ready run pre pre-release that had Sydney on it for uh, Ravnica allegiance. Uh, she's loud to the point where I walked in the door. I'm like, where are they? I'm like, Oh, nope. There's Sydney. Okay. I heard her before I saw anybody else. <laughs> it was kind of great. That said, um, so yes, yeah, so we had a, so there's this pizza place that's downtown. I've, can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but these pizza boxes, these pizzas are literally like the size of a table and they're like, you will eat one slice of this pizza. And like, that's enough for like three pieces of pizza to like for a normal pizza. Um, so we took the, they ordered like the gavers order four or five of them. No big deal. And they they ordered six of them the first night on Friday night. And they're like, yeah, we'll be fine. And they're like, you know, these are big pizzas. And they were thinking like, Oh, it's just some like, you know, extra, extra large kind of pizza. And they get them like, that's way more pizza than we thought so we just kept the boxes the next night and ended up getting three more pizzas and had nine to work with and just look for pizza plex or anything on twitter it's it's interesting and things happened in there with pizza slaps and yeah fortunes were told with pizza it was kind of (laughs) weird but i mean I'm not surprised. Oh no, it's it's a lot of it's definitely the you had to have been there to really appreciate how ridiculous it was. But I, I can't mm-hmm. quite express all of that. I did get to go to the after party, which was really great. Thank you, SCG, um, for letting me attend. That uh, they had booster packs and there was just booster wrappers littered everywhere. People were drafting, playing Pygout Magic. Um, all sorts of stuff was going on and karaoke was great. Uh, I sang three songs. I sang Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. I sang Africa. Yes, I did it. And it was great. I sang that with Millie, who is or Foxes for Sale, who'd had one of her first uh like feature match area judging things she did this weekend. She crushed it. Good job, Millie. And I also sang uh, Living on a Prayer to kind of close the night. I was one of the last two songs or so sung and had a, a classic nonetheless oh yeah utter blast just everybody rocking out on the bar the the remaining people that were there that late and yeah it was a great time fun had by all um i'm looking to, forward to going back in the winter time hopefully it doesn't get snowed in like the last winter one did that would kind of stink for mm-hmm. leave purposes but i also want to give a shout out to work for letting me get the day off because the next day was monday and i actually got some wedding prep stuff done which was kind of nice so Family from work is listening. Hello. I was actually productive. Hey. I mean, I did get my wedding ring, plus also was able to make some phone calls and take care of some stuff the day I got off. Plus, oh my God, I mm-hmm. needed it after that convention, even for two days. Oh my God. 
because <laughs> uh, yeah, the next I got to gear up and maybe do some uh, sealed events on Magic Online for this Modern Horizons because I'm planning a GP this weekend coming up. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, for those of you who are actually curious though about the uh, actual SCG Invitational that also took place at SCG Con, uh, Colin Roundtree won playing Esper Super Friends in Standard and Humans in Modern. The second place one did Sultai Dredge Horde and Burn. Uh, there was a bunch. Of, there was a couple. Is it Phoenix decks in that side? A lot of Esper Super Friends um, on the standard side of things. That seemed to be the weapon of choice in standard for people going into the SCG Invitational. There's also some Simic Mass Manipulation, uh, some Boros Aggro, and Gruel Aggro. So that seems to be where standard's sitting at. There's Burn, Dredge, Eldrazi Tron, Is it Phoenix, Dredge, a Control deck, and a Humans deck. So. Basically, the modern looks like what it was. Uh, it's going to be a completely different format after next weekend because Modern Horizons is legal, and we'll see where the yeah. stand, we'll see where that format goes in paper. Uh, but standard right. looks pretty interesting. So that's about it for SCG we, yeah. Con and all that lovely fun time. Yeah. So before we close, I want to regale you with the tale of powerful magic. Okay. Ooh. Um, so this is about the best elder spell that I've ever seen. Okay. The Elder Spell, by the way, for everyone who may not remember from War of the Spark, it's black, black for a sorcery. Destroy any number of target planeswalkers. Uh, then choose a planeswalker you control. Put that many plus times two. Put put two times as many planeswalkers as were destroyed on tar- on your planeswalker. Okay? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, one of my friends, his name is James. He is a pro a former pro-tour competitor. He's a grind, been a grinder for a long time, and he was playing mono-red at this tournament. Fortunately, he wasn't doing very hot. He hit X3 pretty quickly, actually faster than I did. Uh, and in this round, he was playing against a Esper Super Friends deck, you know, playing both Teferi's, Narset, the usual. And the Narset player was, or the Esper, friend, Esper player was playing the, the Elder Spell and had cast it and put, you know, it in his graveyard or whatever. But one of the sideboard cards in Mono Red is Dire Fleet Daredevil. Oh, I love which that card. Which is a one and a red, two one with first strike that when it enters the battlefield, you snap caster mage basically in a, a spell from your opponent's graveyard. So, you know, he casts it early in the game, puts it in the bin, and on his turn, he has two Teferis and a Narset. And James's board has doesn't have a doesn't have a lot. But James draws a Dire Fleet Daredevil. And this is late in the game. This is late, late in the game. They all have a bunch of lands. And James is kind of looking at his hand, he goes, Okay, alright. Uh, I'm going to cast Chandra Fire Artisan. I'm going to tick her up. I'm going to exile a card. Cool, it's a land, whatever. I'm going to play Direfully Daredevil. I'm going to exile your Elder Spell. I'm going to cast Elder Spell targeting all three of your Planeswalkers. I'm going to add six loyalty to my to my Chandra. Oh, wow. Next turn, ultimate Chandra. Deal seven to you. Flip over the top. The seven cards in my deck. He ended up not being... He ended up winning that game, but unfortunately that game ended in turns. So it was really just not... And that was only game two, so ending at a tie doesn't help either of them. But that was probably one of the best Elder Spells I will ever see. And it was just, oh, beautiful. That is, oh, how bad did that feel? From the Esper player side, probably pretty bad. I mean, the only thing that I think he had on board was a um, Basilica Bell Haunt. And he was really, really leaning on those Planeswalkers to do a lot of heavy lifting for him. And they just didn't do it. <laughs> but die. But die and then make that Chandra ultimate the next turn. It was pretty sweet. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Ian, if people wanted to find you on the social medias, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks. Uh, like I said, haven't really streamed around there, but you might actually see like 
a random stream here or there the next two weeks playing some Modern Horizons Limited because God knows I need to play. Also, you guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. If you guys want to see some of the pictures that I took at SCGCon, I was tweeting a lot about SCGCon this weekend with a bunch of pictures. And it was pretty fun. You can guys go check that out there. Also, there was a whole bunch of, uh, you know, other stuff. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Like pizzas sitting on like tables all empty. People getting deadlifted. That was fun too. Freaking pizza plex. Dude, it was outside the pizza plex. But yeah, <laughs> people were getting deadlifted. It was it was great. Anyway, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me hanging around on Twitch chat, don't hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two primary ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at eyesinthemise, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesinthemise at gmail.com. As always, we would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. Yes, there were previews from Core 2020 this week, or actually the day of recording, June 11th. Oh my god, we forgot to talk talk about about them. We'll talk about them later. Uh, On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. (laughs) 